everybody. Welcome to another exciting edition of the Common Sense Show. We are in the guest segment of our show, and we're joined by uh, a federal law enforcement officer, and uh, he has significant military experience. We call him Wrecker, and uh, if you ever saw the guy, you'd say he's a Wrecker. And I got to tell you, folks, we're going to put this show to the metal. The pedal is going to the metal because I'm in, let's put it this way, I'm in possession of information coming from historically reliable sources, sources I've had for almost two decades. And it's disturbing. We're going to get opinions on that here from our expert guest. Uh, before we go to Wrecker, I want to make sure that you know that um, we care about you. We carry your prepared, um, and I got to tell you, my wife and I were eating at a, at, a, at a chain on Monday night, and we used to order a hamburger from this place, and it was so big we used to have to cut it in half, and we no longer have to do that. And we said, they're getting smaller. It's called food inflation, folks. And I'm sitting there, and I'm watching the news today as I'm having lunch with a friend, and they're talking about $10, $11 for a gallon of gas in California. Um, what I'm telling you is the price of fuel, thank you Biden's administration, uh, his handlers, and the price of everything is going to a point where it's not going to be feasible to ship products, and including will be food. And of course, when Bill Gates is the largest owner of farmland in America, you have to ask yourself, what could possibly go wrong? This is the final days, I believe, when you can get storable food at an affordable price. When the dollar hyperinflates and it's on its way, when inflation ravages the food industry and it's happening, when transportation costs make food costs even go up that much more, it's time. MPS has a special on four-week packaging, and if you order multiple sets, you'll save money all the way through your order. How much should you have? Well, the old guidelines from a few years ago, DHS and FEMA, they said you need six months per person. That was after they, for a long time, they said three days, and all of a sudden it went from three days to six months. Uh, resident experts like Bob Griswold, who makes his living uh, prepping, he advises two years in seeds. Well, I don't know if you're going to get there now, but you need to get somewhere quickly because I think our days are numbered. So how do you get your food? Go to preparewithdave.com. That's preparewithdave.com. And when you have food, you better darn well have water. And if we have a grid down scenario, well, on the fifth day of a crisis, the Naval War College studies tell us that waterborne illnesses become the number one cause of death. Well, you don't have to be a victim to that if you have the Alexa Pure Pro water filter. And I recommend getting a couple of them, maybe even three of them. Why? Because things get stolen, things get lost. But this filter is so good, it beats the competition. If you go to waterwithdave.com, you'll see the comparative research. This is number one in the nation compared to all their filters. There's nothing even close. And while supplies last, they're offering their product for 40% off. That's 40%. So you have to have food, you have to have water. And you won't have trouble finding standing water in a crisis. You're going to have trouble finding drinkable standing water, and we can help you with that. Waterwithdave.com for the water. Preparewithdave.com for the food. And let's hope that my words are heated because I turn down 90% of the advertising that comes to the Common Sense Show. I give you products that I think you're going to need, and this is the top of the list given the dire circumstances we're in. Well, Wrecker has been with us, and you know his background, and I alluded to it earlier. And uh, I'm going to just kind of set the table here. Um, there is no question 
that the Biden administration, and actually I shouldn't even use the word Biden because he has nothing to do with except the name only, but that administration's handlers are in the process of handing off this country to communist China. Technology transfers like we have nailed Hunter Biden and Joe Biden for back uh, about three years ago, well, that's still going on, uh, but it's not them that's doing it. It's segments of our military that were appointed by Obama, loyal to Obama, and this is from my frontline sources. Also understand that uh, the Chinese think they can negotiate a settlement to take over America. They also want to push Russia and America into a war. This is what Syria is about. This is why Biden said, you're going to pay for election interference. Wait a minute. Didn't we spend millions of dollars and months investigating that BS? And we found there was nothing to the Russian collusion delusion. But here we're reviving it again, despite all the evidence to the contrary. And Putin had a great response. He came back and said, uh, oh, really? Well, Joe, let's have a debate, knowing damn good and well that this guy couldn't even debate himself in the mirror when he's shaving. So, you know, I think Putin knows the score, but I am worried because Putin did say if um, Hillary had won the election with her no-fly zone declarations threatening to shoot down Russian planes in debate number two in 2016, he said we would have launched a first strike. And I believe him. And I think that possibility exists now. And here's China sitting in the background going, yay, yay, we're going to be number one as these two knock each other off. And that's, that's where I come to this meeting um, with Wrecker, this interview with Wrecker, this meeting of the minds. So Wrecker, let, let me start here. And in, in, in a pre-conversation we had yesterday, I told you I had really good information from uh, uh, sources inside the federal government, including DEA, that uh, Chinese are crossing our border by the droves. Do you have any information on that? Yes. And yeah, I understand well, there's some things have, that you may be able to say and not say. So I'm just saying, at your discretion, please tell us what you know. So for a period of years, for the probably five years that I've been uh, sent to the border, which is a more recent operations, actually, uh, we have caught numerous amounts of Chinese immigrants or illegals, how you want to say it, uh, you would say that most of them are trying to flee an oppressed uh, communist government because most of them come over are Christian, but not all of them. Uh, I would dare say that many of them that are already in this country uh, hold sway and ties to China already, which is more the uh, the worrying aspect. Uh, you know, it's it's not just China coming across the border, north or south. It's people from all over the country. But there is a vast amount of Chinese that have come over the border within the past four years. Yeah, four years. Okay. Are you suspicious about the intent and motives of any of the crossers? It depends. Uh, most of the time we... I will say this, with all the Chinese immigrants that we have ever apprehended, we've never had one physical altercation, ever, ever. Uh, now, we've had multiple altercations with people from all over the world, but the uh, ones from China that come over, we haven't had any problems with. But that's the ones that are coming over by coyote, not the ones coming through uh, the human trafficking tunnels, uh, not mm -hmm. the ones coming in through the, through the ports. Uh, I would say that the ones that are coming in through the ports on the uh, west coast are the more troubling ones. Uh, 
especially through San Francisco, the, the various port areas that are in uh, California. Those are the, uh, the ones that are more worrisome. And um, any inclination, intuition, feelings about intent? Uh, you know, I don't, we don't really have time to stop and ask them what they're doing. Uh, our group isn't really tasked with doing that. We're tasked with uh, helping to back up the Border Patrol. So we don't really get too far into that parallax. But uh, for the most part, from what we have come across, have been Christians that are fleeing uh, China. But, you know, you could always present yourself as whatever you want. And I don't take everybody at their word, but for the most part, that's what we've that's what we've come across. With a lot of people coming across the border, you'll have them with uh, you know sometimes ten thousand dollars worth of cash, uh, new clothes, food. Uh, you know, you can tell that they either have been in that area along the border for a while uh, because they smell nice, they're clean, they got cologne on or perfume on, and then you can tell the ones who have traveled a very long way and they're tired. Um, you know, they're dehydrated, they're malnourished, and uh, by the time we get to we get to them or they get to us, uh, they're more than willing to give up. So it, uh, it really depends. Uh, like I said, along the southwest border, we don't really have too many of those problems. Uh, but, you know, these people are coming in from Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, California, um, and most of them are coming through the, the coyote uh, means and like I said, most of the time, you know, these people pay twenty, thirty thousand dollars just to get there. Uh, those aren't the ones I'm worried about. It's the ones that we're not catching. That's the ones that I worry about mm -hmm. because the ones that are the ones that are fleeing, the ones that are evading arrests or evading detention, are the ones that we should be worried about. When do they, you know, I'm not saying that there's genuine intent, but when they come straight up to you to surrender themselves, it's typically not the ones that we want to worry about. And surrendering themselves is what motivated by the promise they've been told of amnesty? Yes, of course. I mean, you have people that will take every type of risk to include imprisonment in the U.S. just to be in the U.S. Uh, with the way our legal system is, after you come in and then you start your uh, vetting process and you know background checks and all this, you'll go through uh, Interpol to see if there's any uh, international wants or warrants on them. And we'll... Uh, you know, we cross-reference a lot of things, and most of the time we don't find anything on them. Uh, but it's the ones that are coming through the docking ports where the more nefarious things happen. Because along those ships, you know, along the ships is where the majority of primary males are coming in from, from what I've noticed. Uh, along the border, we're getting, uh, and just, just referencing the uh, people from China, it's family units, small family units. And does that make them less likely to be terrorists? In my eyes, you can't really ever just write somebody off on that. Uh, but it lowers the threat indicators because of it, yeah. Now, when we get 20 Iranians coming across the border, yeah, that's a problem. Interesting. How does one get from Iran to the American border? It's not like they're treading water across the ocean. How do you get out of the Congo and make it to the border? Uh, you know, they will go to the coast, and they will uh, all gather up on a ship, and they'll pay that ship 
typically to travel to South America, Central America, and then they will come up from there. Uh, a lot of these countries are not stopping the progression of migratory hordes, uh, or should I say herds, however you want to say that. Um, and they're just pushing them through the country. They don't want to deal with them. Uh, they don't want to deal with the excess of people and the problems that come with that. And they just continue to push them north, especially in Mexico. They just keep pointing the way towards the border. Uh, and, you know, in Mexico City and uh, around those areas, there are plenty of expats that are Americans that work for the Democratic Party in some various form or some affiliation of that. And they are guiding them like Sherpas. They're guiding them to the right direction. They're, they're giving them money. They're giving them bus tickets. Uh, it was, you know, two or three years ago when we had probably 80 to 100 Greyhound buses packed full of people who could not pay for a charter bus, and they just came from different points around the world. How do you all of a sudden have money to get here and for food? Uh, so uh, especially with uh, Biden's new policy of not turning anybody away and just uh, taking whatever, you know, whatever comes across the border, and even the uh, deportations have almost stopped, uh, and now Biden has also stopped the ability for uh, news uh camera people, reporters to even do ride-alongs. That's very suspicious to me. Ride-alongs, you mean along the border? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I'm I've the, actually uh, covered control. that in a, in a broadcast that's coming out. Uh, even at the White House press conference with the press secretary, even the liberal reporters are challenging her, why can't we ride along and look at what's going on at the border? What What is so horrific there that they don't want the reporters to see? Truth. What do you think it is? The truth of well, it's the truth of what's coming across the border. It's it's not family units. Depending on certain parts of the border that uh, people are coming through, uh, we do get large family units, and there are large family units coming across the border, and there are multiples to hundreds of incursions every day along the border. Uh, but it's not just that. Uh, specifically in the El Paso sector, uh, we were getting you know. Uh, probably 15 to 20 Cubans, all males, all between, you know, 20 to 40. Then we were getting people from uh, the Middle East, all between the ages of 20 and 40. Uh, then we are getting people from El Salvador and from Guatemala and from South America between the ages of 14 to 30, maybe 35. Uh, you know, that's, that's uh, the same ages of uh, many prolific gangs that are out there. Uh, and one thing that they're also sending north of the border are people who are no longer covered in gang uh, paraphernalia or having the propaganda tattoos that they have. Uh, so, you know, it's, a, it's easier to disguise. Hmm. So something like this could happen. Reporters are in a caravan. They're being led to the border. And then they stop and they see that uh, the detainees are not mom, dad, and the two kids and a bunch of teddy bears. It's 15 Iranian males of fighting age. Is, is, is that what they're hiding? Am I hearing that correctly? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a one of the mullahs uh, from Iran probably three or four years ago uh, was actually quoted in videotape saying that, uh, you know, we don't have to send a plane into New York and crash into a building anymore. We don't have to, uh, you know, have a embedded terrorist cell in America. We can go to the Mexican cartels and sneak them through 
a, uh, a tunnel in Texas and then detonate a dirty bomb. So these are things that uh, are real plans. These are things that we, uh, we do constantly look out for, which is one of the main uh, goals and missions for Border Patrol is to uh, prevent and deter any type of uh, terrorist or criminal operation like this. But instead, they've turned... Uh, they turn Border Patrol basically into uh, taxi cab drivers and babysitters, and that's not Border Patrol's fault. They're doing their job, and uh, it's a horrible job. I know many people that are in Border Patrol that are retiring, quitting, or trying to go to other agencies just because it's such a shitty environment out there. And the the worst part about it is that uh, you know you have congressmen who will come down there and senators, and they'll do walkthroughs of these facilities. And they'll gripe and moan and complain about everything they see, and then they'll have their little meeting. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll do about a 30-second to a five-minute walkthrough, won't talk to anybody. They won't go down to the border. They won't ride along with you. And when they do, they stay in the armored vehicles, or they stay in the blacked-out SUVs, and they drive along. They won't get out. They won't take interactions uh, with anything going on, and specialized teams like mine. We're all up and down, so we're, we're doing our best just to stay away from most of those people. And uh, they come down there and they just cause problems more than anything else. Just, it's, to me, this is just mind-numbing. Um, are tunnels still a problem at the border? And if so, how much do you estimate it's a problem? Oh, it's a big, it's a big problem. We probably haven't found a quarter of the tunnels that are on the border. Um, and we know what comes through tunnels, weapons, drugs, terrorists. Um, so mainly what, mainly what's coming through tunnels is the, uh, the slave trade, the actual slave trade that's still going on in America. Uh, the human trafficking is mainly sex slaves, uh, and that's going north and going south. Um, and then also the, uh, narcotics is going through. Major narcotics, though. We're not talking about weed. We're talking about fentanyl. We're talking about heroin, cocaine, uh, other exotic types of drugs. And then uh, weapons, yes, not so much. Going north, weapons going south is more popular. Ammo going south is more popular. Uh, you know, we'll have people with cash going south. Uh, so typically what comes north is people and drugs, and what goes south is cash, guns, and ammo. Wow. Um, are you getting known terrorists at the border? Are you, you know, oh, I know, yeah. I know, let me ask, I'll, I'll just go back to one thing I know I've been told. I know that in places like Portland and Seattle, people are caught and they're on the terrorist watch list. So we, we know that that happens. You know, most of it's Antifa related. And when we go to the border, using that as kind of a backdrop, are we seeing known terrorists, uh, whether they be domestic or international, that are being caught at the border and somehow federal authorities at some level are purging that label and still processing the immigration? So to the extent what you will see uh, is ISIS-related uh, or uh, Muslim extremist-related, 
you will see some terror cells from other parts of the world. Um, but for the most part, the the traffic has been uh, Muslim extremists, uh, terrorist related, and then uh, you know gangs and cartel. And the cartel is what is the cartel owns the border. They control the border from Mexico, and you're not getting in or out without going through the cartel. So that means in order to even get in and out of the cartel, you have to have communications with the cartel. It means you're also using logistics, and you're also funneling money or means of money to the cartel. And that's coming internationally through China uh, with fentanyl, and that's also coming from other countries, uh, not so much as the countries themselves being the predominant actors of that, but China is a real actor in that in supplying uh you know, weapons and supplying drugs uh, and supplying possibly manpower as well uh, because there's been little populations of villages all throughout uh, the Mexican border where you're seeing uh, people of Asian descent appear out of nowhere. So those things have been happening over the past couple of years. Well, this is what I'm getting from my Border Patrol sources, one of which, by the way, is trying to retire this summer because of all the crap you're talking about. But they tell me that when they apprehend people of Chinese background, that these uh, people that they apprehend are quickly taken away from them. They don't get to do the normal uh, booking, processing, and so forth. That's taken away from them by federal authorities outside their their group. D do you know about that, about the, the um, willingness of other federal agencies to usurp the power of the Border Patrol to cover up the fact that Chinese are coming in? Well, I don't work for Border Patrol, but uh, I have heard or have seen some uh, cases like that happening where people have been apprehended uh, through a joint operation, and uh, you know, you'll have groups go one way and groups go another. Uh, so it, it depends on like a lot of the different countries. Uh, you could you could see different federal law enforcement agencies snatching people up. And either taking them for further questioning or further processing, uh, and like I said, it really depends on what we're getting, and it depends on uh, what those people crossing the border have uh, in possession of them at that time. You know, the uh, the indicators are whenever you're getting uh, males of a fighting age, uh, several to dozen of them coming in at one time. And especially when it's out in the area that is not very well populated, that that will uh, that'll be some red flags. But for the most part, these people do try to blend in with families, and there's also a language barrier there. Uh, so your average uh, border patrol agent, you know, doesn't speak Mandarin or Cantonese. So you know, they just group them all up and then drop them off at a processing center. They're processed, and then uh, from wherever they're sent, we don't always know uh, because you'll pick them at the border. Take them to the uh, the nearest processing center, then they're taken to the nearest uh, detention facility, and from there, you you don't really know what happens to those people. A lot of them, especially the uh, the family units and uh, large groups of children, will go to like Red Cross. They'll go to some church group or some other Democratic affiliated groups, and most of the people who are just disappearing uh, in the cities. These are democratic cities where this is happening at. So, you know, there's obviously a foothold in there. 
Hmm. Here's another question I have, and I just can't believe that the civilian local authorities are putting up with this. I'm the mayor of the XYZ city, let's say 25, 30,000 people. And all of a sudden the buses show up with all these migrants and they go here, take care of them. How is that even legal? How can the federal government be allowed to do that to a local municipality? But it's happening here in Arizona. Yeah, and I, I know the incidents that you're talking about. I don't understand how it's legal. It, it, that's not the way the immigration uh, policy is supposed to go. But the problem with the immigration policy is that it can be changed uh, by every administration. So with a lot of the uh, detention facilities and the holdover facilities uh, or the overflow facilities, you know, as soon as they can get people processed and you have someone from the states who's a citizen who says that's a relative of mine and they'll come down there and uh, take possession of that individual or individuals, they then travel with those uh, quote-unquote relatives back to wherever they're going because uh, it's all trust, and then they have a court date that they never come to. So. If you think about it like this, uh, let's say I got, you know, I got five guys from, you know, let's say Lebanon who come in. And then some person who says, those are my relatives, comes and picks them up. Well, once they get done with the processing and everything else that needs to happen for, the, for that process, uh, they are then released into that custody of that person. And you don't know if those people are being dropped off somewhere else in another city because it's not up to that person, it's up to those individuals who uh, were caught in process to show up to an immigration court's uh, uh, date, but, you know, 80% of them don't show up. I thought it was closer to, like, to 95%. It might be. It might be. I mean, if you're talking about, like, lone individuals, that's probably higher. Uh, for the family units, they're showing up depending, and that's really depending. Uh there, there is, uh, there seems to be a, uh, a complex uh, mission here with flooding people through the border, and the current administration is saying that you know this was all Trump's fault. This is what we got dealt with. That is not true. Uh, when Trump was the president, we had a mass influx here and there, uh, and it kind of so the <clears throat> the migration influx happens typically between spring and fall uh, not so much as in uh, the dead of summer but sometimes it does and uh, not so much in winter so when the weather is somewhat tolerable you will have these large influx of uh, caravans of people coming through and uh, right now we're actually in that season of when that happens not saying this doesn't happen all year round, but we do see a influx uh, in the better parts of the uh, the weather throughout the year, uh, and that's a very easy time for people to take advantage of that. Man, it it just is getting messier and messier. Let let me ask you a question. Um, I think I've asked some pointed questions here, but I don't claim to have the entire knowledge. What I'd like to know is um, what questions should I be asking that I'm not. Well, the same question that we uh, we always ask: Why are you here? You know, when these people come across the border, you know, why are you trying to get into the U.S.? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, exactly. You know, they'll always say, "Well, we're here for amnesty, or we're here for uh, protections of whatever." 
And uh, the way the international law reads is, well, you're supposed to stop at the first country that will give you protection. So Mexico is one of those countries. So why does Mexico keep sending people north? Uh, Mexico, for one thing, the president of Mexico does not have a, a foothold on uh, his own policies or his police or his military or let alone the security of Mexico as a whole. Uh, the, he is more or less a, a puppet figure uh, who, uh, you know, every president that comes in there, with it every six years they get elected, and uh, they all try to do the same thing. And it's never successful because you can't overthrow the monopolies of the cartel. And uh, so the way we look at it is that Mexico is truly a lost cause, and uh, the only way that you're going to stop that mass uh, influx is by building a border wall and then having tunnels, not underground tunnels, but a tunneling uh, area, a funneling area, excuse me, of where you're going to have these uh, immigration people coming through. Ask yourself, why isn't there immigration courts right there on the border at every border point, uh, at every uh, uh, port of entry? Uh, why didn't we complete the border wall? Why shouldn't we complete the border wall? We obviously have military incursions from cartel and from uh, Mexican military. Why aren't we uh, combating that or at least confronting that? Uh, and, you know, the thing is they say, well, we don't want to cause an international incident. International incidents happen every single day on the border, just not from our people. But our people, and I say that people as in our uh, politicians, turn their head the other way and ignore it. Not all of them. Uh, the politicians who typically are along the border or have a border state uh, do know the uh, the aggression of most of the people coming across the border. Uh, they do know the various different mixes of people coming across the border, and they know the strain that it puts on small towns and the hindrances it puts on bigger towns. And whenever this happens, you have crime that spikes immediately. Uh, and, you know, I mean, just because there's the season of the caravans and crime is going to spike they say oh it's going to fall off but that population a lot of times never leaves they just stay there and uh you know it's building basically a small army not calling them soldiers but it built a small army of illegals that <clears throat> they they don't adhere to our laws uh but they're allowed to vote they get state licenses from certain states and uh, they almost are at the rate of being a citizen in certain states. And so obviously the politicians will use that political football for their own advantages. To me personally, whenever you go to vote for somebody and they say we should have open borders or more humanitarian aid for the border, the most humanitarian thing that you could do for the border is close the damn border. That's the most humanitarian thing you could do. The next thing you could do is go to your closest partner, which is Mexico and Canada, and say, why aren't you policing your own? Should we have to police it for you? Uh, and, you know, there are times where we will ship out our people from our agency to go to different countries to help them out uh, with their immigration process. It's not always working. It's not always pretty. And typically after our, uh, our guys leave, not really much is getting done about it because of the corruption. Uh, and that corruption is internationally and links always back to D.C. <laughs> How interesting. And what kind of corruption do you see? Can you highlight maybe the top two or three? 
Uh, well, uh, you know, don't think that these politicians aren't being briefed on terrorists coming across the border. Don't think these politicians aren't being briefed on the human trafficking, the drug smuggling, uh, the murderers, the rapists, the terrorist cells, the uh, quasi-private military that's coming across the border at times. They know all of this, so you have to ask yourself, if you know all of this, why aren't you doing anything about it? You're elected to the position to protect your people. Why aren't you doing it? And uh, so everyone who turns the blind eye, you know, you have to ask yourself, is this person really trying to get in office for my best interest or for my community or state's best interest? And I'll say that 80 to 90 percent of the time, the answer is no, they're really not. Uh, they're, they're just trying to stay in power. Uh, a lot of these things that are moving back and forth, I mean, you know, we could take a shot in the dark and say that our politicians are being paid by big-time billionaires like George Soros to flood the border, to cause chaos in America, to, uh, you know, make a downfall of our currency or to bring more drugs to affect our, uh, our uh, you know, I guess you say uh, weakest population, which are people that are in, you know, urban environments. Uh, because those people are the most susceptible to violence and to uh, the spreading of uh, narcotics and, uh, and, you know, all the problems that come from that, those problems end up becoming generational problems. And then you also have the point of these people coming across the border are not being COVID-19 vaccinated. They're not being COVID-19 tested. But yet you can't go into certain places still and eat unless you have a mask on and these people are coming across the border half the time don't give a damn if they have a mask on uh sometimes they barely have clothes on so why isn't there a spike in interest whenever someone says oh look uh let's just use san antonio as an instance because there's such a mass uh, caravan coming in texas right now uh where did the coronavirus spike come from in san antonio it must have been because Governor Abbott lifted the mass restriction. No, it's because we're getting tens of thousands of people coming across the border. There is probably roughly 60 to 100,000 or 60 to uh, 100 million illegals in this country. That number has jumped significantly every single year by the million and they just don't care. They don't keep count, and they keep lying to you and telling you from 2000 when there was only 10 to 12 million, and that even that is, is a, a fallacy. That wasn't even accurate then. Uh, you cannot count every illegal person coming into this country because they're not just coming through the southern border. They're coming through the west coast and the east coast, and they're coming through the northern border. Uh, so, you know, that, that's a, it's an uncontrollable waterfall of people coming through our southern border uh, so you can't even count half of them already and the every caravan or every uh, group of illegals that we catch we miss five or six groups there's only so many people ask yourself why isn't there 10,000 border patrol on the border well the answer is obvious you here's the thing I object to this is what bothers me the most Wrecker is that Nancy Pelosi and her friends refuse to allow screening of immigrants and they could be terrorists, they could be murderers, rapists, they could harm everybody. Liberal, conservative, black, white, doesn't matter. 
They constitute a threat by their appearance. They don't belong here. But it's racist if you want to check backgrounds. Yeah. What are well, they? If, what are they hiding, in your opinion? Well, we would have to go on the theoretical. Could they be hiding terrorists coming to the country? And if they are, for what means and for what purpose? Uh, could it just be uh, pure stupidity? Could they really have bought into their own lies so much that they're allowing these type of people to come in? I mean, we have people coming from the Middle East that will dress, cut their hair, and do everything they can to look Hispanic. And by the time you get them, they have no papers and they speak no Spanish. Uh, and then you know, we've done this. We've done this dance a couple times. I personally have, just because I speak Arabic still. And uh, you know, I've caught them multiple times. Hey, this guy's not speaking Spanish. I said oh, okay, and I'll say a, a phrase in Arabic, and I'll get a response. So. Why is this person now disguising themselves to look like another uh, another type of group of people from another country to get into the United States? Is it because people from the Hispanic countries are more welcome than the people from the Middle East countries? That may be so, uh, especially during Trump's time because he had uh, bans on different people coming from different countries and parts of the, uh, the Arab world. Uh, but does it eventually just go to the big lie of come here, we'll pay for you, we'll pay for your family, we'll give you free food, we'll give you free money, you'll get a free college education, you'll get a free car, you'll get a free phone, you'll get a free computer, your kids will go to school for free, you won't pay any taxes, you will have a job. Uh, how do you say no to that? And HUD, who used to put groups of individuals like this into uh, urban housing, which you know, half the time is in the ghetto of ghettos most of the time. It's a dilapidated facility that they'll use. That is changing to where now they want to put them into suburban environments. So good luck with that one. Thank God I live out in the country. Uh, just imagine the day you wake up and that house that is across the street from you has been bought by the government and now has five different family units in it. You know, I mean, what do you do? Uh, you know, these these are things that we're seeing across the country. That's why MS-13 has had such a foothold in this country. MS-13 is not organic to America. It's from El Salvador. How did they come here? How are they in Maine? How is MS-13 in Boston a very, very big footprint in Boston? Well, probably because from Mexico City to Canada, without a passport, you can get a straight line plane flight and then just walk yourself right into America yeah one of the things I learned from a DEA agent back in 2014 he was uh, tasked with surveilling but then he was blocked from interfering with the Sanchez Paredes drug cartel and what that meant uh, was they were marrying terrorist interests from the Middle East to cartel interests and they were helping to facilitate paramilitary training in El Salvador, and I'm sure that you know about this, and I've had guests on that were eyewitnesses to these events. And um, he told me that from Peru, where they were from, that their leadership, and this is under the Obama administration, were allowed to fly directly into places like um, Chicago, 
and they had complete diplomatic immunity, even though they weren't government officials. In other words, they couldn't have their luggage searched. I don't know if you know about this or not, but, um, and I'm surprised I've never mentioned it to you before, but this used to be a real point of contention. In fact, I'll even go a step further. You know, this is the eye-opening statement here. This man, I'm not going to mention his name, I know it, uh, but he was open about this. He served in Peru as the number three guy in the DEA office, working in conjunction a lot with the CIA, and Steinkampf, this criminal hit-and-run, a local Peruvian citizen, killed him. They covered it up. Um, he was the head of the office there, and he completely was capitulating with the Peruvian national forces that made up this cartel, and I'm talking about the military. Do you, do you have any awareness of what I'm talking about? And this was back in 2014. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's not new news. I mean, <laughs> okay, all right. So you know, you know when I listen when I tell this story, wrecker, people raise their eyebrows, go no way, and I send them to the Common Sense Show. But but you know about this, correct? Yeah, it's not just Peru. It's Colombia. It's Venezuela. It's Brazil. It's mm -hmm. Chile. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's it's all these countries. You know, Guatemala. It's Honduras. It's uh, El Salvador. Um, and what can you do when a politician overrules you? You know, uh, who is going to listen to you? Who's going to take up the court case? Where do you even bring the investigation when they tell you to drop it? Uh, you know, and you can try and bring it out to the news. You can try uh, leaking it to the news, and uh, it depends on if it gets ran or not. It depends on if it gets, uh, you know, any traffic or not to where people will sit there and, and actually read it. Um, you know, these things happen so much, you really can't keep. A, a good uh, track on all these events but it's happening yeah uh, my sources on this come from so many different angles elements agencies private people business people and they all tell the same stories and by the way this was connected to the uh, 2014 uh, Central American invasion of that time it's funny how these things always, uh, and this is why I always felt like the 2014 migration was about embedding terrorists in this country like MS-13 and ISIS and so forth. And and I thought for later use, um, where, do, where do the people that you work with, the opinion of yourself and others with your experience, where do they think this is all headed? Well, most of us believe that it would seem the intent to bring, to bring all these people in this country is to eventually uh, outbreed the Americans. So when you bring people from outside the country who don't believe in our same beliefs, they're bringing in their belief system, which is eroding our way of life as Americans. That makes life actually easier for the Democrats for manipulation and control and subversive control over patriotic Americans. Uh, because when you have populations of people who are ignorant uh, to what's going on, not saying these people are ignorant, but you know, ignorant population of people who don't really know the intent of these politicians or don't care, uh, you then give even more control and power to the politicians. So you have to ask yourself this. How does the mass migration happening in America benefit China? 
I would say that anything that erodes our freedoms and our and our laws and gives power and sway to the Democratic Party will benefit China. Uh, China, China has a foothold in every country that we are in. China has almost an equal operation in every country that we operate in. Uh, you know, obviously ours are clandestine and so are theirs, but uh, while we're out there searching for terrorists and trying to keep things in other countries from reaching ours, they are bringing in drug trafficking, uh, human trafficking, uh, you know, arms trafficking, and uh, operating with terrorist cells and with other countries, militaries, that wish for nothing but America to be wiped off the map or to be completely controlled by China. So all these things uh, benefit China. Ask yourself this. Why did the Afghan intelligence – or I'll, I'll have to scrub that – why did a Afghan intelligence group today capture a Chinese terrorist cell that was operating in Kabul? Isn't it interesting? I'm getting interference on the line right now. Hang on here. Let me switch to a different channel. Okay. There we go. Uh, I'm sorry. You got directly interfered with when you started to say this. I don't think that's a coincidence. Uh, welcome, guys. Glad you're listening. Buy our products. Um, Record, can you say that again, please? Yeah. Uh, so in regards to China and everything that's happening in America, how does it benefit China? Uh, and why would a Chinese terrorist cell uh, be caught today by an Afghan intelligence unit operating out of Kabul? Could it be for the heroin trafficking? Could it be for... Uh, ties with Al-Qaeda and the Taliban and ISIS. Uh, obviously, they're not getting uh, you know, high-tech weaponry out of Afghanistan. Afghanistan is not producing anything unless it's being smuggled there. Uh, so you have to ask yourself, why is there a Chinese terrorist cell up in the mountains of Afghanistan, for God's sake? China is everywhere. Chinese uh, terror affiliates are everywhere, yes. and we know that China is one of the main sponsors of uh, certain Islamic terrorist groups as well. Uh, you know, they're a main sponsor of a uh, American extremist terrorist groups, uh, and to uh, political figures around the world, and to business moguls around the world who will help the spread and influence of. Uh, Chinese domination. So all these things that are happening benefit China to get the uh, the upper hand on America. And uh, you know we're we're in a boxing match right now, and we have balloons on our hands, and China's using brass knuckles. So you know eventually America as a whole is going to have to say enough is enough and actually combat China uh, either out on the seas. Uh, out on the different continents or out on the islands and push them back and make them uh, make their influence be focused more on our military operations than just allowing them to continue their clandestine terrorist operations and smuggling operations. You know, they're making billions, 
with a B, billions of dollars just off of fentanyl from Mexico. Sure. Think of the billions of dollars that they're making off the cartels. And it's not like the cartel doesn't have the money to spend. Where is the cartel getting all their night vision devices from? Where is the cartel getting, uh, you know, American-made uh, uh, rockets or uh, vehicles or, uh, you know, light, medium, heavy machine guns and uh, sniper rifle systems? Where are they getting these things all from? How is uh, our weapons going to Mexico? Was it all through Fast and Furious? I don't think so. I think Fast and Furious never stopped. I think Fast and Furious uh, was operating before it was ever even a operation by Eric Holder. Uh, and that's, you know, that's, that's where I believe a lot of these things are coming from. Wow. And, and to kind of bring it back home to the point of our conversation about the border, um, safe to say this generally speaking, the Chinese are behind and benefiting from the border crisis both in the present and in the future. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this administration right now, everything that Joe Biden does, everything that Kamala Harris does benefits China, and it does not benefit the American people. You know, this $1.9 trillion, let's just say $2 trillion stimulus bill uh, for COVID. America... You got about fourteen billion dollars out of two trillion. Yeah, exactly. Where did the where did the rest of it go? Well, billions of it went to other countries that China does uh, deals with. So is that money money then being funneled from those countries to China, or is it being misused by those countries? More than likely both. Uh, so you just have to ask yourself. You know, we're seeing a repeat of Barack Obama's uh, eight years in presidency. Mm, yeah, but it's, but it's on steroids. Would, it's much greater, don't you agree? It's, yeah. I think Barack Obama looked at the eight years of his failing presidency and said, I have four years of how to do this more efficiently and more effectively, and Joe Biden's the man to make it, to make it happen while I'm telling him what to do. That's yeah. the way I think it's happening. Uh, and there's a lot of people that think what you're thinking. And I, and I could not agree with you more. Um, these people are total subservient to China. I think they're, these Democrats are auditioning for a position in the New World Order. I think they're hoping to buy their way up. I do think they're going to suffer the fate of brown shirts, and that's another discussion for another time. And I think they're going to be done away with by China, but um, they're a problem. But we need to stop them before they get started. Wrecker, we're flat out of time. We're right up against it. This was a fascinating interview. Thank you so much for your candor. And I don't think we could go anywhere else and get this information. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Dave.